Thanks, Brent. Welcome, Coach, and thank you for having a great Zoom session, as tends to be the case now these days with the media today. I thought Coach Babers put out a heartfelt statement, the most impactful statement on the racial discussions that are now prevalent in the world in terms of somebody from the world of sports chiming in, somebody locally of prominence chiming in. It was an important voice that I was waiting to hear from. I think we all were waiting to hear from. The statement was great. What Dino followed up on that today with in a Zoom session with the media was great as well. I'm going to play some highlights of that coming up shortly, so we're looking forward to hearing that. John Wildhack's going to join the show later, Syracuse Athletic Director, who also, along with Herm Frazier, held a Zoom session with the media and addressed a number of issues. The stadium, what's up with that, how Syracuse is taking the slow but sure approach and getting athletes back on campus, as we know. Football players have returned, not the whole team, but about 65 players back on campus. And what those procedures are like in terms of testing the pods that they're in and working towards working as a team in full together. What is that like? Name, image, and likeness. And and so many things we want to ask the Syracuse Athletic Director about. We'll do that about 5.30 this afternoon. Look forward to having John Wildhack on the show, as always. Imagine being so attached to a sign of white supremacy, a sign of slavery, a sign of a time gone and should be left in the past and only referenced in a sense of history, in the wrong side of history. Imagine being so attached to that that you would walk away from your job as a NASCAR driver, part-time NASCAR driver. Amazing how attached people were to that. NASCAR uh, deserves to be applauded for what they did yesterday. It does fall into the better late than never category, for sure, and what the heck took you so long on this one. But as we're having these discussions about race and issues that are out there in the world, one thing that we'd be wise to do is listen. Now, I know the history of that flag, and I know what it represents, and I was always befuddled how prominently it was displayed. By the way, not just at NASCAR, events here in central new york at country music concerts and at watkins Glen and other places that i could note here the new york state fair before i believe they banned it if i'm not mistaken sports can evoke change but it's important to listen to people that have direct connections to these discussions and we're going to listen to a voice during hot takes that will say it a lot better than i can Sports are back. They're continuing to come back. Golf returned in full today. We got those exhibition matches in there before that with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and the the one the week before that with Rory McIlroy and company. And that was great, and that kind of scratched an itch, but the PGA Tour returned today, and there could be some hesitation on the part of NBA players returning. And the daily, hey, baseball, what's your deal update that seems to come on this show. Now, the commissioner of Major League Baseball made a pretty bold statement yesterday, if you missed it, and we will get into it. But uh, as mentioned, we heard from Coach Babers today, and it was a great media session. Coach Babers is always great to talk to on a number of subjects, but as you'll hear, and I'm going to play a clip or two coming up, he admitted in this media session that putting out the statement that he did, a very powerful statement, in my opinion, I'm not going to read it to you again, I would encourage you to, to look it up if you haven't, about 
not only what we're going through now as a country, but Dino's experience in going through it to this point, how he's felt about it to this point, how he's remained mostly silent on it publicly to this point, why he waited the period of time that he did to put something out, the honest conversations he had with his team to the point where he and the players were brought to tears, the emotions flowing there, and and how in his role as a coach, what really inspired him to go public was his team. His team really wanted him to. So in a time to listen... And the reason that I wrote the column that I did and the reason that I made the statements on this show that I did, and let me re- let me completely reiterate this. When Dino was ready, I know it was uncomfortable for some people for me to publicly on in a big forum say, hey, we haven't heard from Coach on this. But it was done in a way and said specifically that when you were ready, your voice would be welcoming. I made sure of that. I didn't want it to be, hey, I'm calling you out here. I wanted it to be, hey, we haven't heard from you yet. But when you're ready to, we're ready to hear what I think would be a very on-point message. And I think the last two days have proven that. And I appreciate that Dino took the time to do that because this is a time to listen. But to listen, the messenger has to be effective, right? It's one thing to say, hey, listen. Well, you need an effective messenger to put that out there. We have heard a number of voices in sports and out, certainly, in the last 13, 14 days or so since the the tragic events of, of George Floyd that I think have made us all think about this again in a, in a conversation that I just wish we weren't having in 2020 the way we still are, but we have to be made to be uncomfortable sometimes to think about other perspectives, our perspective, doing things and the procedures in which we've done it that maybe we just weren't aware of. You get so embedded in what you do and how you live your life until somebody may point it out and say, hey, wait a minute. That's not how you do it. So without further ado, let's listen into a couple things that Coach Babers said today. He said and admitted that that statement that he put out there was hard to do because it was outside of his comfort zone to somebody that's pretty private about things beyond the sport of football. That was hard for me to do. I've never done anything like that in 34 years. It's not because uh, I didn't want to. It's just something that I I'd never wanted to be identified. I, when I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror. There's a black man staring back at him. I get that. You know, I, I get what I'm identified with. But – my big thing is I always wanted to be just recognized as a coach. And I felt that as long as I had that, that philosophy first, that I could pave the way for other people to have the opportunity that I have to be an oppor- to be a head football coach at the highest level and to stay focused and locked into those things. You know, I don't want to be sidetracked. I'm not smart, not smart enough to be multitasking in a bunch of different areas while I'm trying to run a football team. So for me to do that was uh, something I've never done before. But when I had a mini Zoom call with the football team and I started to hear all the young men talk to me and express things to me, men that, you know, young men that I love, they're, they're, they're my stepsons to me, and how important it was for them that I get out there and say something, uh, I mean, they brought me to tears. They brought me to tears. And uh, I, it's hard to let family down. And I told them once I realized how they felt about it, 
it wasn't that it hadn't been written. It just hadn't been released. I was like, I'll release it uh, as soon as I can. Now, the one thing that I will say before anybody asks me any, any more questions, it was a baby Zoom call on, on some of the topics that are out there across the country. And we haven't had an opportunity as, as a team to finish what we started on that call. And I'm going to be very reserved on questions on those topics if I haven't been able to cover that with the team. Honest response there from the coach about the process of it and being private about these things normally. And as he said there at the beginning, he never wanted to be identified as a black head coach. He just wanted to be identified as a coach, but also recognizing who he sees in the mirror every day. And the point came to to say something beyond what he normally would. Here's Dino on the talk with the team and how effective it was for him and, and for them and, and kind of the honest conversations that are coming of, of the time we're in. You know, when those guys, and here's the thing, we haven't had our, our second conversation. Like I said, it was like a baby Zoom call. It, it lasted a while, but it really didn't, it, it went right up to the edge. They went over the edge on some things that, you know, when I say over the edge, it was good. You know, it's kind of like, if you're really going to talk about this stuff, I look at it like it's a, it's a scab. If you really want to talk about it, you got to peel the scab off and then you got to take something and you got to rub, rub where there's no wound and create a wound. And, and that scab needs to start bleeding. And when it bleeds and you talk about it, there's a chance that it can heal the right way. And, you know, they made me bleed on some stuff, but that was good because you're either green and growing or you're red and rotten. And they opened my eyes to some things that I had not thought about. but it, And it had to do with the generation gap. And it had to do with them seeing things at a younger age. I saw the same things, but again, they were raised differently than the way I was raised. And it, and it hurt me that they felt that way. Okay? It really hurt me, which really pushed me to do, so, do something faster than what I wanted to do. Now, I haven't had a chance, again, to finish that call, which is the reason I'm being really reserve on answering those questions because I, if I've gone through all this pain and criticism to wait to speak to them, I'll be doggone. I'm not going to jump ship now and just make it easy. No, no, no. I'm going to finish the job and then whatever happens after that happens. But it was, I thought it was good. I thought the, if it was a, if there's 10 points to this conversation, I we're at three, we still got a long way to go couple more here from Coach Babers, who held a Zoom session with the media today. In describing his team, these conversations that they had, and you heard him mention there that there's more to come. We're at a 3 out of 10, and they're going to discuss this more specifically about what they are going to do as a team, as players. And there's a lot of questions asked of both Coach Babers and John Wildhack, and we'll discuss this with John later in the show, about – how athletes are being encouraged to speak out at Syracuse. Will they be allowed to, for example, if they want to take a knee during the national anthem? That's just one example, but other forms of protest. Uh, there's been a movement among some college campuses to basically give athletes the day off on election day to participate in that, make sure they vote, and do some other activism on that day. There's This is what college campuses are all about. That's the, This is... It's amazing how college campuses have become a place where the expression of free ideas has now been kind of clamped down and limited because that's where change really takes place when you look through modern history and, and, and where those voices can be the loudest. These athletes have a platform 
and I think have to use that platform in a effective way and be aware of what that platform is. And I think that's the message they're they're having in these Zoom meetings. But the way Dino described his team here, I thought was telling. Being on the football team is a privilege. Being able to speak your mind in the United States of America is a constitutional right given by our forefathers. So I don't think you can take that away from somebody. Now, all that other stuff being said, I, our guys, the word I would use is energize. They are energized and uh, they want to make a difference. My, my job as, uh, as the grandfather of the group is to give them the knowledge. And when all this energy is done, I want there to be, I want there to be some action taken that, that bears fruit where you can go back and say, Hey, I was a part of that. And we got this done. Not that we protested and 40 years later while I'm gone and Steven and no one's giving me any zoom telephone calls where I'm at, that they're still here. And they look back and say they didn't get it done. Wanted to play one more here from coach Babers in, in some conversations that he didn't give details on, nor would we expect him to. These are private with his family, but what it meant for him to talk to his daughters about this and to now his son-in-laws about this. The thing that I really cherished, which I'm not going to share is the talks that I had with my two son-in-laws with my uh, four daughters on the same Zoom call and just letting them know, because I didn't have a male son, that if you have a male son, that there's there's one situation, there's another situation based off of the gene- genealogy of, that, of things that could happen to him. And since both my son-in-laws are white, they needed to be, they needed to acquire the knowledge to be able to make sure that they keep their family safe. And what they do with the knowledge is them. But if they hadn't heard it and they hadn't read it anywhere, I was going to make sure that I touched them with it so that they'd have the knowledge to make the best call, Mario. That's Dino Babers addressing our our friend Mario Sacco, who asked that question uh, from News Channel 9. And, yeah, there was football discussed and, and other things, and we'll get to that later in the show. But some honest moments there from Dino, a side of Dino that I've seen, Privately, that maybe a lot of you haven't seen or heard in a public forum. He's, he's very guarded about that, as, as he has every right to be. But you kind of get to a point where the conversation moved to the, to the point where the community here in central New York, the Syracuse University community, his players, and anybody else you want to put in that category, wanted to hear from Coach because he's a respected voice. He's a voice worth listening to. He's a voice that can make an impact. And I think the stories that are going to come from this today, the clips that are going to come from this today, that will come from all walks of life and media, from the media that was a part of that Zoom session, is going to accomplish what I had in mind when I wrote that column. When I said, your voice will be welcome in this discussion when you're ready for it. I took a calculated uh, bet there. You know, I was... I was betting with house money that Dino was going to come out and, and say something significant in this. And I think that's what we're starting to see and hear now. And and I, I thank him for that. For a second day, the statement itself was powerful. He could have walked away, boom, and that's all you had to do. But to follow that up, listen to our questions, talk to us today, and give us a bit more of a perspective. You know, somebody that works in an audio forum, there's, there's certain things that work better in print, if you will, as a, as a column. 
be it in the newspaper or digitally. There are certain things that work better when you can hear and see them in terms of quotes, in terms of a message, right? Dino said it today that one of the frustrating things about this offseason has been all the Zoom calls he's had to do while you can see and hear somebody. There's there's something about being in the room with a, a, a fellow human being is when you have a conversation with them, you can read body language, and there's just a, a connection that's lost there, right? But even with the limitations we have, I think it's more powerful to hear that voice, to hear the emotion behind it. He is such an effective communicator that even with some of the glitches you get on Zoom and kind of the world we're in today, to combine that with his message yesterday was, I think, needed, and I'm glad he did it. So thank you, Coach, for that. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome, Coach, and thank you. He is the athletic director at Syracuse University, John Wildhack, back with us here on the block ESPN Radio. How are you, sir? I'm Brent. I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, Good. It's been a while since we've spoke last, about uh, three hours ago or so, as uh, you had a <laughs> Zoom call with uh, the media today. Great to see right. and, and hear from you and, and Herm Frazier as well. And we'll get to what Herm's up to these days and, and everything that, that's going on up at the university. But, John, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with just, boy, the, the, the way of the world, the conversations that are out there about race and where we're at with Black Lives Matter and this whole thing. And you put out a statement today about that. We know that Coach Babers put out a statement about that and addressed it in his own Zoom call as well today. We're seeing a number of statements from teams and, and people associated with the university. And I just kind of want to take a step back and, and ask you about the role that Syracuse Athletics plays in this conversation and what we're starting to see now. Well, I think one of the things that's important is that um... – our student athletes, you know, they they have they have the the ability to use their platform um, to make their voice known and make their opinion heard, and uh, we've encouraged them to do that. Um, they have the right to protest. Um, we've told them that numerous times, and um, some have. Barama uh, Sidibe, uh, I think, it was last week uh, was part of a protest in in New Jersey. Um, and we support the right uh, to do that. And I think one of the one of the things that's great about athletics is, is it does bring people from different races, religion, creed, disparate geographic backgrounds together for you know one common goal, one common common cause. And um, I think sports has always played a role in in leading society and helping cre- create change in our society. You go back to the civil rights movement in the '60s, and you know Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and Bill Russell and others. Um, and I think you're seeing that um, in this. Uh, I think you're seeing it now. So, sports plays a, a, a pivotal role in society, is a microcosm of society. And I think sports, um, and I think all athletes, college, professional. Um, and all of us in the industry, we we, we have a platform uh, to hopefully initiate truly, truly meaningful change and to, as I said earlier today, eradicate, you know, 400 years of racism, oppression, um, and suppression against black people. John, there's a number of, of voices on this certainly worth listening to. I would put Coach Babers at the top of that list, and you mentioned during your Zoom call today about the, the dozens of conversations you had 
with Coach Babers about this before he was ready to say something publicly, and the statement came out yesterday, and he followed that up a bit today on a Zoom call. I want to know what you thought specifically about those conversations from Coach Babers and kind of what you learned and, and what that process was like. Well, I think, you know, I... I really I have such great respect for him as a person, and you know, and as I said on on our Zoom press conference today, I said, yeah, I, I, you know, I love the fact that he's the leader of our football program. I love having him as our coach, but I, I love him more as a person and as a friend. And uh, those are not words. I, I truly, truly mean that. And when we, anytime we have conversations, you know, they're they're real. Um, and you know. What, the the dozens that we've had over the past couple of weeks are are no exception, and it was just um, you know to 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 hear and to learn and to listen from him, um, you know it's it's you know it's eye opening at the same time as you know I I I encouraged him you know he's that he had to go through a process in terms of as he described today, and I and I told him I support that. Um, I did not encourage him, nor would I put any kind of, of, of pressure on him that you know that he has to make a statement or whatever. When when he was ready to do it, that's the right time. Um, but I just I think we're incredibly fortunate uh, to have a person of uh, of the quality of of Dino Babers in our community. John, uh, the other big thing you're dealing with right now, of course, is uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus and the, the steps back from that. We've got 65 football players on campus going through their process, the testing in the pod system that they're in, and really starting to see the first results of, of getting athletes back on campus. How has that been in the early going? It's gone well so far, Brent, and we had a, a subcommittee um, that focused on returning uh, our student athletes to campus, and it's part of an overall larger group. There were, I believe, ten subcommittees, all focused on a fall reopening plan. Because, as the, as the chancellor said numerous times, our plan is to have in-person instruction in the fall. So we were athletics was one subcommittee. We spent an extensive amount of time creating a protocol. Uh, we had experts from across campus. We shared our protocol. Um, with the Onondaga Health uh, Commission and Dr. Gupta and received feedback from uh, she and her team. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're in a position where we've come up with a very, very extensive protocol um, in terms of you know, right now they're in pods of no more than 10. Um, social distancing is absolutely required at all times. Uh, face coverings is, re- is, uh, is required at all times, except if they're lifting or, you know, running, um, when they come in, anyone, any, not only the players, but, uh, any of the staff, when they come in, any athletic staff, if you come in, the first thing you do is, is you, you, there's a temperature check. And if you're above 100.4, you immediately go back, you go home, you either call, you know, your trainer, if you're a student athlete, or you call your immediate supervisor for your staff members. So we've got a really thorough, um, protocol in place, and yeah, I think I, I think it's uh, it's one that has equipped us well for this. Um, and part of that protocol is if someone tests positive, they're they're immediately removed. Um, 
They are isolated for 14 days. So we've really covered this from A to Z, uppercase, lowercase. Um, and as, as much as you hope that there's not uh, a positive test, you have to plan uh, and build your protocol that there will be. So that way that protocol is in place. There's a lot you're learning as we go here, and this is uh, Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack joining us on the block here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And it, it, it must just be, John, you've spent the past few months coming up with whatever scenarios you can think of in the what-if category, and boy, there's got to be some you won't think of and have to deal with this as you go. It just feels like a lot of adjusting on the fly, learning about this as we go, because as much as we've learned at this point, there's still a lot we don't. And you're trying to get ready for a football season and all the sports that are coming in the fall. And I just can't imagine what that process has been like. But I will I will turn to you and ask what has that process been like? Yeah, it's been it's been it's been incredibly unique. It's unprecedented. Um, but every every entity's dealing with it, right? So it's just not you know we're all, we're all dealing with this. This is this is the new now. It's the new reality. And we've got to adapt. Um, we need to change, and we need to face this challenge, you know, head on, and um, you know, and, and listen um, to the advice of, of medical experts. Um, at the same time, as you know, you want to begin to move and, and plan to move forward. And I just saw earlier today that our region was approved for phase three opening tomorrow so you know the metrics here continue to in central new york continue to look good and i think also an acceptance from everyone is that you know our lives have been changed the pandemic has changed our lives um forever we're we're not you know i've told our staff i've told our head coaches whatever we were doing 120 days ago frankly is irrelevant it's incredible to think about yeah yeah, so we've you know we've all you know we've all you know we all have to adapt. Um, we all need to you know we all need to be we all need to work together. One of the things we've stressed is communication, communication with our student athletes, with our staff, with our head coaches, um, and do and do the and do the best we can. And um, the one thing I it's the one thing and people want that you, that I, you, I won't do is it's hard to project, right? Well, all right. What are we going to have September nineteenth? Our first home football game. What's you know? Are we going to have fans? If so, you know what capacity? We we don't know because there's so much that's unknown, right? And there's so many answers, Brent, that that people ask that are unknown. And, and even the medical medical experts and the scientists they're they're still learning about this virus. So um, you, know, you you can't get you can't get too far ahead of yourself. Um, and it's uh, it's just it's it's a unique time, a unique challenge for you know for everybody. To follow on that, John, you mentioned this during the Zoom as well. But for our audience listening now that hasn't heard yet, if reduced capacity is where we're at on uh, the nineteenth when you open up against Colgate when that first football game is played at home, you described a group as one A, one A, and one A for fans that will be given priority to be a part of that reduced capacity. Tell us uh, who those groups are and kind of how reduced capacity will work if that's where we're at when you open up against Colgate. Yeah, Brent, it would be the 1A, 1A, 1A is season ticket holders, uh, premium seat holders, and our student season ticket holders. 
And we want, again, we fully expect our students to be back on campus. We want our students to come to uh, come to games in terms of how we see people in the protocol. That's, there's a lot of work being done on that between uh, our, the athletics marketing staff and the dome staff. Um, we've reached out. There's been a lot of dialogue uh, shared with our schools within the ACC. Um, as well as some professional organizations, and we don't we don't know yet what that will you know what that will look like because uh, again we still got almost 100 days to our first home game, and you know people ask where well, are we going to be required to wear a mask? Well, if we get to September 19th, and if the protocol is anytime we step out of our our house and we go somewhere, whether it's the store, whether it's you know you name it, whether it's to a restaurant, you wear a mask. You know what then. You likely you're going to have to wear a mask when you come to the stadium. Um, temperature checks, you know. Again, we're going to follow the protocol and the guidance of of health experts, um, you know, locally and, and from around the state and the nation. John, uh, in the building that the football team will be playing in come the fall, and uh, I've admittedly have some fun with this, so if you want to grab your, your ruler and slap me on the wrist, I would uh, understand, certainly. No, 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 no. no you, had, you did have fun with it. So the, the, the Carrier Dome, as you put it in the Zoom call, that's the name of the facility. But in a recent press release, it was referred to as the stadium. So I guess right. I'll ask for some clarification about the use of the stadium versus Carrier Dome and what exactly it is. Yeah, I think one of the things is we've talked about the new stadium experience. We've been talking about that for two years with, all right, it's more than a new roof, the other amenities that we have in terms of, you know, new restrooms, improved concessions, the center hung scoreboard, new lighting, new sound. So we've used that phrase to a stadium and stadium experience. But listen, the building the building is is still is named the Carrier Dome, and the Carrier name is on the building. Um, and until uh, and if it's not the Carrier Dome, the Carrier na- name will remain on the building. And in those look, we're all trying to you know change and evolve and, and move forward. But I, John, I think you know, no matter what that thing looks like is called or structure, people are going to call it the dome anyway, right? So, well, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that, and yeah. I've called it. You know, I've called it the dome from the day it opened. You know, and I came back, and you know, is coming back as an alum. It's you know, I've always called it the dome, and I think that's just you know, I, I think that's how most people refer to it. And I think that's mo- how most people refer to it. You know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, thirty years from now. On that note, uh, where are we at here on June 11th in construction on the update of the improvements? There, we're certainly seeing uh, inside the building in a unique way. Not usually an open air facility, but it is right. as they kind of build that roller coaster structure on top and the truss system. But where are we at here on June 11th in Carrier Dome construction? We're uh, we're on schedule and. Uh... You know, conversations that uh, that I've had and my team has had with Pete Sal and his team. Um, you know, knock on wood, things have gone uh, things have gone uh, well to date. So that's uh, obviously good news. We're excited about it, and um, you know, we we can't wait for our fans to be able to experience it. John, I will. I'll end on this note, and uh, as been apt to happen in these conversations, and something I really appreciate about them with you is you'll you'll take suggestions to heart that we make on this show. And it came up on on the call today. Uh, it was there was a question about the series with Liberty, and I'll, I'll just say this as a suggestion: 
I think it may be time to re-examine that. I think some things have been said by leaders at Liberty. Some things have been said by student athletes there that have made them uncomfortable. And if we're in a world now, as we began the conversation of kind of re-examining everything in terms of race and, and things that are being out there, I'll just make the suggestion. I know you've got contracts, and this is more complicated than I'm making it to be, but I think Liberty's made it a little uncomfortable, and maybe it might be time to take a step back and look at that. And I'll just kind of offer that suggestion and and go from there. Yeah, and we, you know, when we did, and as Herm explained on the uh, Zoom call today, uh, when we when we did that series, um, it was the chance to get a, a two for one. And Liberty's got series with a with uh, with a large number of ACC schools: Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, I believe NC State as well, as well as some SEC schools um, and Army, U.S. Military Academy. And as we build our schedule going forward, our not conference, we've not had any conversations with Liberty, and I don't, uh, you know, I, I I doubt that we will have any conversations with Liberty. Um, at the, same, at the same time as the agreement was for three games, and um, you know that agreement is still in place today. John, uh, appreciate your time uh, twice today, as a matter of fact, here today on the radio and, of course, earlier on the Zoom call. Continued luck to you to deal with everything uh, we're dealing with now in these unprecedented times. and uh, We will definitely catch up again soon, but thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Brent. I appreciate it, and you take good care.